One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics. Welcome. Hi. Hey. My name is Emily Bejan. And I'm your other host, Margot Poupard. And today we're going to talk about a very, very iconic person of our generation. I mean, arguably the only iconic ginger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's obviously no shade on gingers. Some of my best friends are gingers. Ginger Um, Spice. Like, literally, one of my best friends is a ginger. So it's fine. Same. No, I have two. (laughs) Is it more common on the East Coast? I have four of my closest friends. Are redheads. Hmm. I went to Catholic school, but like, I don't know. <laughs> it was like really Catholic school. Like very Catholic. There was a point when my nephew was really young, the oldest one, where we all thought for a second that he got like the dad's genes, like the grandfather's genes, because yeah. he's a redhead. Yeah. Because he was getting freckly and redheaded, but I'm happy to report that he's now like a dirty blonde type. <laughs> Oh, well, so, of course, we are talking about Lindsay D. Lohan. Dude, the shockwaves that went through my body when I saw that come up on her wiki, that her middle name is literally D. D D-E-E. Like, bitch is truly from Long Island. Oh, yes. Long, Long Island, indeed. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So, yes. And I really do think maybe Dina Lohan kind of named... Oh, you know, like, yeah. just, like that's what she went by went during her like wild days before she met Michael Lohan and r- had her life ruined. So so that symbolizes, you know, the youthful spirit she breathes into. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't really even think about that. But I honestly all I could think about and I know you didn't watch this, but I watched her eight part Oprah Winfrey oh, own docu-series simply called Lindsay. Lindsay. I reviewed it for a website called Gambit Magazine. You can still find it. That's a shameless plug. Um, And we got to meet Lindsay's grandma, who was also very, like, no-nonsense. I don't know. It was one of those things where, like, you meet a part of her family. You're like, why weren't you more present in her life so that she'd be some of this... This ship could have been slightly more righted than it already was. But 
I think her grandmother, this is all of this is to say that I think her grandmother also had a name like D yeah. or something like that. So I wasn't completely surprised. I was just a little taken aback at how Long Islandy her name was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she's born in the Bronx, raised on Long Island. Um, her parents, I guess we'll just kind of start from, from the beginning here. Her parents mm-hmm. are Michael Lohan, which was a former, he's a former Wall Street trader who got into a lot of trouble with the law mm-hmm. over time. Um, and then her mom is, of course, Dina Lohan, who oh, if Lord. you've like been, like any, witnessed any trashy pop culture in the last Or if decade, that name sounds vaguely familiar because of recent stuff it's because she was on big brother house and tamar braxton and candy burris had to sit her down and tell her that she was being catfished and then to see her with the same level of delusion as countess luann just go no not at all i talked to his mom all the time was just like (laughs) i could watch that clip forever tamar and candy just give her this side eye of just like all right girl whatever (laughs) and then later laugh in a confessional video where tamar says that her three-year-old son can facetime but this grown man can't that's a catfish. That's a catfish. Highly encourage you to just look that clip up. It's perfect. I will be doing that after this. <laughs> um, so Lindsay Lohan is the oldest of four siblings. Um, her brother and two brothers and a sister, who, by <clears throat> the way, are all in Parent Trap. They, uh, oh, really? Yeah, so Michael Lohan, her next like oldest sibling, or I guess younger than her, he's the boy at the summer camp. So remember, there's like a a guy. There's a little boy at the summer camp. He's like, I thought this was a boys' camp. That's him. I got. I need. It's to like see a the running movie. gag in the summer camp part of the right. movie. But I mean, that sounds familiar. I just I cannot put a a child face to that iconic line. Oh yeah. So then, and then her her mom and the siblings are in uh, the scene when they're in Heathrow. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so before we even get to Parent Trap, um, so, you know, Lindsay grows up in Long Island. She has a modeling career and a commercial kid career. So she's modeling for, like, Abercrombie Kids and Calvin Klein Kids. And she's in a Jello commercial with Bill Crosby. Yikes. Um, <laughs> that and, does not age well. Not, but that's not fine. Not. Moving right along. And I think she was in a, um, the soap opera Another World. And then she gets uh, picked to be in the Parent Trap remake that Disney uh, puts out in 1998. So this is one of the first times I feel like the Disney remakes start happening, or like the one I can kind of think of. There were a few around that time. Like I think there was like that darn cat and like a few <laughs> others. <laughs> but it wasn't like it had just it was kind of this new thing of like let's do remakes of all our, our classic movies. And do you think now that since they're doing live action of the animated stuff that we grew up with? That they'll take, like, the parent trap and then make that animated? Like Pixar's parent trap? Yeah, or something like that. I don't know. I'd cry my what other? <laughs> I already did. Dude, when they put yeah. their photos oh together and they're like, they're my parents, I, I bawled in a theater. Oh, man. My sister and I just text each other parent trap quotes all the time. Oh, my gosh. Um, But, yeah, I just wonder what the next trend is for Disney since they're blown through all their remakes. They really are. Very quickly. It's going to get weird when they start doing ones for, like, the Great Mouse Detective live action, or Oliver and Company. <laughs> anyway, or Hot. Oh my God, Robin Hood. Can you even imagine like how uh, hot? Leave my, leave my Hot Fox hot, alone. Hot Robin. <laughs> Look, they've tried to remake, or they've tried to make Robin Hood multiple times. It didn't work with Car- or didn't work with Kevin Costner. It didn't work with Carrie, the the dude Carrie from- Elwes. El- El- well. He was in Men in Tights, which yeah. is an excellent movie That's that excellent. needs no notes. No. Um, I mean, oh, I watched that when we were when we went to Sonoma for Todd and Zoe's wedding. We watched that. 
together as a group <laughs> in our house. But anyway, um, no, they recently remade it with the dude from uh, Not Umbrella Academy, the other one. The Kingsman movies. They remade it with that guy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. That also his name. flopped, though, and it looked it bad. Yeah. Anyway, they've tried to make Robin Hood a, multi- a myriad of times, but oh it's God. just not a successful or desirable plot. No. Um, but, but yeah, so, okay, so the parent trap happens, and fun fact, it's actually the first, it's a directorial debut for Nancy Myers. Yay! Yay! Oh, my God. Turtlenecks and kitchen porn. Oh, my God. Coming that, your way. I really I can't think, believe that that's her directorial debut. Yes, yeah, so she had done stuff with her husband, now ex, Charles Shire, who, mm-hmm. so they did, like, Father of the Bride, like, she co-wrote all those scripts with him, the Father of the Bride movies, and a couple of others. Like, she'd been doing okay. that, like, I think Baby Boom is another one they oh, did. Oh, right, she wrote that. She wrote Baby Boom, so she wrote a lot of scripts or co-wrote with her ex-husband, but then that was her first, and then it's like, I think the next movie after that's like, What Women Want with Mel Gibson. Yikes. Um, and anyway, so so that's her directorial debut, which you can see in that Napa kitchen porn and, like, the London townhouse it's just great stuff um so that movie comes out and it's huge and um i just i mean i don't know about you but i wanted hallie's wardrobe in that movie oh of course i was obsessed with that wardrobe the olsen twins wardrobe on um two of a kind or whatever that show mine was was winning london Mm. and also passport to paris wanted that hair of course um but yes she had an iconic both of them had iconic wardrobes great wardrobes i mean who has she was like Allie like, in London had, sh- like, child Chanel suits. And, like, I remember Hallie had the, she had, like, a cool white leather motorcycle jacket in one scene. And I was like, that is so baller. But, like, what 11-year-old has a white leather motorcycle none, jacket? None of them do. And then also, like, they don't make it in our size. No. <laughs> no. It was like someone took a cool section of, like, a like a Chico's and made everything like fit well for an 11 year old. Yeah, because all of it was tailored to her. But I remember most vividly the famous Oreo you. Oh, yeah. With peanut butter. Because that spawned a whole new level and a. In just a complete trend, I think, with, like, teen, tween girls at slumber parties. So I can't tell you how many times I ate Oreos with peanut butter at a slumber party over the next three years of my life. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. That, I like that combo. And also that blunt bob cut was also pretty popular. Oh, right. Yeah. With just, like, a little bit of sideswept bang. That's, right. That's, yeah. I think that's when the term sideswept bang entered my lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, the parent trap happens. It's huge. It makes like a ton of money and it just like launches Lindsay Lohan into this career, um, which well, she was also heaped praised. Like she was, um, yeah. baby Drew Barrymore or, um, cause she won an Oscar, right? Or even like baby Tatum O'Neill. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, so they, I mean, all these people like for her, yeah, she was playing two very distinct characters. And like some people even said in their reviews that she actually did a better job of that than, um, Haley Mills, the original Girl in the Parent Trap. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was just like this incredible kid actor. Like that just was, you know. And most people for a long time didn't realize that she was playing both parts. As a matter of fact, you so true that Jamie Lee Curtis thought she was one of two twins, like two twins are set. Like I remember seeing that on an E True Hollywood story oh, interview wow. of like producer being like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna be with Lindsay Lohan. It's gonna play your daughter. She's um she's the girl from Parent Trap." And Jamie Lee Curtis was like, "Oh, which one?" Like, um, I don't know if that's actually true, but that was an E True Hollywood story. Well, it sounds so. like a really good soundbite either it's way. A, either way. So, okay, so before she gets into Freaky Friday, there are a couple of years where she does, like, um, 
she does Life Size with Tyra Banks, which oh, is great. an iconic. Which they did a sequel to this year. And uh, from what I've been told from other people, because I just, I don't know. I watched the trailer was like, ah. Yeah. Something about the time gap in between, it sort of has lost a little bit of its lesser. Like, I also love Tyra Banks a lot. Oh, I think too. that she's just uh, really funny and savvy and just, like, genuinely strange person. Well, it's interesting <sighs> because that movie comes out before Top Model. So, like, think about it yes. this way. It's, like, a pre-Top Model Tyra was in that movie. And so she was just like, oh, she's this model, but she can kind of be funny and act. So we're going to put her in this. Now we know everything about Tyra because of her talk show and America's Next Top Model. Because it, doesn't it, that movie predate her talk show, too? It does, yeah. It predates Tyra and Top Model. And so now it's just, like, I feel like it's a different character, I just think of smizing, you know, and right. I, yeah, it's hard to. Well, yeah, we all we just knew so much less about her for sure. And then now, obviously, with like the ubiquity of social media, like we also know a lot more about her life, etc. So we didn't really know what to expect in Life Size. So I think that everybody was genuinely surprised at Tyra and Lindsay. But in the sequel, I heard that they sort of had left the door open to Lindsay making a cameo, but she never does. And so there are a bunch of jokes that sort of, like, kind of fall flat because instead of, like, the punchline's like, here's Lindsay! And, yeah. like, but she's not there. She's not there. So it just, I heard, from everything I heard, the tone's a little bit off at times. Mm. But I don't think I'll be watching that. I, you know, I'm good. Yeah. And then there's this other one, the Disney Channel original movie, Get a Clue, which... Um, not only did I talk to you already about this, that Brenda Song plays her best friend, a.k.a. like Trace Cyrus's ex-girlfriend and now Macaulay Culkin's girlfriend, um, but uh, also the teachers are played by Ian Gomez, who was uh, Nia Vardalos's ex-husband from oh, right. Greek Wedding, and Amanda Plummer is the other teacher, a.k.a. Honey Bunny from Pulp Fiction. So random. I know. This is what she to... does after Pulp Fiction? I mean, like, maybe seven or eight years later, but yeah. Even still. Yeah, yeah, she goes for that. <laughs> she plays the missing teacher in this. It was quite a movie. Um, and then the kid who played Alfalfa in uh, Little Rascals remake was the love interest. Yeah, good okay. stuff, good stuff. Um, and then, so after all those whatever TV movies, then comes Freaky Friday, which, uh, fun fact, Jamie Lee Curtis got the role four days before shooting started. And so <laughs> Annette Benning had been tied. So they tried to ask Jodie Foster. She's like, I'm not doing this. Um, and then <laughs> Annette Benning was tied to the role. And then she dropped out the last minute to be with her family. And so Jamie Lee Curtis got the role. Wait, what was wrong with Annette Benning's family? I, I, I think she just wanted to quote, like spend time with her. It was oh, like one like, of those okay. vague. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this is before we know like Lindsay becomes Lindsay. So like, I don't, it, I had nothing probably to do with. Them. No, I was yeah. just curious. I was like, Oh, was there something happening? <laughs> yeah, no. So that's, that's pretty much it. And like, can I piggyback a little bit on your freaky Friday? Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. also her most commercially successful movie really? critically and box office wise. Wow. I would have thought mean girls, but, I mean that I don't think it Mean Girls had the biggest box office. This You're had right. a huge box office and was also a I critical guess, success. I yeah. I remember downloading it illegally on Mean Girls? Mean Girls and Freaky Friday. Really? I, do, I downloaded both of them on Kaza. I don't even remember that illegal downloading platform. <laughs> I um you could download movies on that too. It was mostly for music. But anyway, um, yeah, so I forgot that Chad Michael Murray played the love interest. I feel like Chad Michael That's Murray. That's a perfect segue yeah. into um, my favorite feud of the early 2000s, Lindsay Lohan v. Hillary Duff uh, over the case of Aaron Carter. Yeah. I mean, 
I know that you recently watched the Lou Pearlman doc, so we, if you can hold your Aaron Car- I, current Aaron Carter comments so till the many, end. I have an essay. I have a book. I mean, we could just quickly touch on it at the end. No, of no. This. this this love triangle is insane to me. It's I think everyone that everyone was underage, right? So Aaron Carter met Hillary Duff on the set of Lizzie McGuire on his thirteenth birthday. The I want candy music video episode. Um, her. <laughs> Uh, her love triangle with Hilary Duff and Aaron Carter sounds like an early 2000s Mad Lib come oh to life. God. It really does. Hillary and Lindsay were both arguably more successful and famous than Aaron, and yet both of them were mad at each other instead of him. And how he was able to pull both of them and then turn them against each other sort of like blows my mind a little bit. Um, well, it's also weird to know here, sorry, is that no, Aaron no. Carter and Hilary Duff, I think, are almost two years younger than Lindsay Lohan, which... At the time, like, I feel like age makes so much more of a difference. Yes. Like, two years is a big deal. So, for him to be, like, almost two years younger than her and to have been in this kind of a feud, like... Well, there are cousins that I have now. I'm like, God, I'm so much older than her. I'm like, actually, we're, like, two years apart. Yeah. Well, now... that <laughs> now, now it doesn't make any sense. But, like, when you're a But, yeah, when you're a kid, it always felt like we had, like, years and yeah. years yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, distance between us. But Aaron Carter had initially first started dating Hillary Duff uh, in early, two, like, 2000, 2001, maybe. Yeah. And then he said he got, quote-unquote, bored with her, and in 2002 met Lindsay and started to get to know her, whatever the fuck that means. And then ditched Lindsay, and then got back together with Hillary Duff, and then him and Hillary Duff dated for, like, a couple more months, maybe even a year. And then he cheated on her, and she dumped him. And then, this is when all their feud starts, though. After they've already, both of them have already broken up with Aaron. It's like they finally caught wind of what was going on. Maybe they didn't realize what was happening in the moment. But it starts... With Lindsay Lohan and Hillary Duff both attending each other's premiere but ignoring each other. Oh my completely. god, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Like I believe. Oh Lizzie yes, McGuire movie. Hillary Duff showed up to Lindsay Lohan's t- Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen premiere, and she didn't like that. So to retaliate, she went to the Cheaper by the Dozens premiere. Oh, Cheaper to by the Dozens. Her out, and then uh, then it quickly escalated on the part of Lindsay Lohan because of Chad Michael Murray. Oh my God! Chad Michael Murray was in Cinderella's story with Hillary Duff. When Lindsay found out, she calls her good friend Chad Michael Murray to talk a bunch of shit about her openly and basically call her a dirty man stealer, allegedly. Uh, Tina Fey admits that their feud, that the feud was confusing, but a huge topic of conversation on the set of Mean Girls. Oh my God. And that she didn't truly understand. But the real shots fired was when Lindsay was hosting SNL in 2004 to promote Mean Girls, and Rachel Dratch came out dressed up like Hillary Duff and oh, essentially yeah. made fun of her. See, she's like, so, our feud, so yesterday, so yesterday. Yeah, and I believe yeah. right before that, leading up to it, Lindsay declared that she loves Hillary Duff yeah, on TRL, TRL and was, like, obviously being oh super God. shady. You just, like, opened a Pandora's box of memories and facts that I knew. And, like, weird, just this, the, the tone of this feud. I knew it so It's well. so strange. Anyway, oh so immediately following that, someone is interviewing Hillary Duff for a Cinderella story and asked her what she thought of the SNL joke. And she, quote, said, I don't think it's an honor to be made fun of on SNL, end quote. Uh, it seemed like the, it finally started to fizzle out after Lohan gave her a housewives apology of saying sorry if you felt that way uh, in a TV interview. <laughs> and they both managed to move on, but Aaron Carter seems to not 
have moved on because no. he brings it up frequently. And, um, and it's really sad. To, and it's really sad to think that he like peaked at 13. Like, can you imagine? That's like some Leif Garrett shit. I know. So uh, the floor is yours if you want to dip into how he's doing currently. Yeah, I'll just I'll just go. Well, you know, little summary here. So I just watched the Lou Pearlman documentary and we will cover the boy band, all that probably talk a lot about Aaron during that episode, but, um, long story short, Aaron is not looking good. Um, and like, just there's, there are some scenes in the interviews where you're just like very uncomfortable watching because this guy is in denial mode of like what happened to him likely and like what he is doing right now. Yeah. And he shouldn't be reliving this trauma without the help of a professional. No, no, not. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so that's, wow, that feud. So, our 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 Bet and Joan, perhaps what our our modern day Bet and Joan, um, our Betty and Joan. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I almost called her Bet. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can you, Joan Coffer and Bet Midler, have a few in the few years of their fame? Like, yeah, barely overlapped. Yeah, oh definitely. That makes tons of sense. <laughs> Um, I don't think that they, I don't think it was on that level. This feud seems very innocuous, especially now considering all that's transpired in the years since. I just found it to be really funny. First of all, because they treated like media treated it as if it were some like real, but also that if it were like a real feud that meant anything anything, to anybody over the age of 20, because who the fuck would care otherwise, other than people who grew up watching Disney channel. It was just very strange. The amount of attention that it was given. Uh, sort of like it was breaking news a little bit, and all it did was just pit, like, essentially pit these two young girls against each other on, like, a very high level. I, I just found it to be so bizarre. Again, yeah. they both had broken up with him a long fucking time ago, so I, I felt like it was a moot point. <laughs> it was, and it's also just pretty, like, fucked up that, um, you know, a bunch of publications would try to take, like, turn two teenagers onto each other. Well, um, there's a really good interview, just super quick detour, uh, on the podcast, Everything Iconic with Deli- Danny Pellegrino right now, uh, where he interviews Willa Ford, and she talks about being bullied before the internet just because she dated Nick Carter and oh, then right. opened for them for, like, their tour. And just the amount of, like, hate that she received and how that's affected her psychologically throughout her life. I, you know, it's, some of the, some of Lindsay's erratic behavior can sort of be chalked up to a little bit of that. No, I agree. I agree. And we'll go into more of that later, I think, but... It's so during that feud, this is like Freaky Fridays come out, and then we get to 2004, um, where it's like peak Lindsay Lohan success from a movie standpoint. Like, and we're not talking yes. about notorious uh, stuff that's happened or whatnot. I mean, there's a little no, bit she's of that. booking like leading lady right. roles. So, two really iconic, well, one sort of iconic, anyway, two movies come out. Uh, first off, it's Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Which, like, long story short, it's about, like, a New York City kid who moves to the suburbs and, like, dealing with that. Um, and I forgot all the people who were in it. Like, mm-hmm. the mean girl is Megan Fox. Hmm. Yeah. And she played that role in an Olsen's twin, an Olsen twin movie as well. Which one? Um, Getting There, I think? Or was it the Bahamas one? Um, the Atlantis Resort. One or the, one or the or other. one of them had, like, weird dreads and you're yeah. like, mm. Yeah, no, so she's she's the mean girl. She played that role a lot in her early career, which is unfortunate, because Megan Fox... Is not a bad actress. Is not a bad actress. She deserves way more than that. Anyway, but well, I digress. Um, 
And then uh, the oh my god the 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 movie star the rock star that Lindsay Lohan her best friend played by Allison Pill are like obsessed with is the dude from Coyote Ugly. Which one? Adam Garcia, the one who plays the hot Australian guy, oh. the Piper Bravo's character. Yeah, yeah. I recently rewatched that on E. Oh, I, it came. It's on Bravo at least once a month. I, I definitely know, watch it. It's one of my favorite trash. Oh, movies. I mean, my favorite. I say. Fuck yeah, the, that way because of Coyote Ugly, because oh, yeah. there's a part where she throws something away and asks Tyra if she wants to go out. She's like, fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. Tyra. <laughs> Tyra again. Another oh, wonderful role to showcase her skills. Oh, I mean, God. that that that's, movie inspired. That around the same time as life. <laughs> oh, that's true. That movie inspired tons of young girls to get on a bar after they turn 21 during spring break and dance their hearts out. Pre-Tom Brady. Bless, bless you, Coyote Ugly. Bless, bless you. you. And your pre-Tom Brady Bridget Moynihan. Oh, oh May she rest. <laughs> uh, okay, so, okay, so Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen comes out. Um, and then, of course, iconic movie, arguably the clueless of our generation. I would give it that. Yeah. I would 100% give Mean yeah. Girls that. Um, mean Girls. I mean. Written by Tina Fey. The right. Brilliant Tina Fey. Uh, mean Girls was her very first non-Disney movie, which should come as no surprise yeah. because all of the other titles that we read you apart. But, I mean, even Life Size was on ABC yeah, Family, all, which is all, owned by Disney. Every single one of these was a uh, Disney movie. So she definitely, and it's, it's reflected, I believe, in her music career as well because Disney was so insistent that the stars that they churned out be some sort of like old vaudevillian star where you're good at acting you're good at dancing you're good at singing and maybe someone's not great at all three of right. those things but they're all sort of like built to be like that and they kind of operate it it's like they didn't have the official old studio motto or like but they contract, did but they kind of did like like hillary duff did a lot of that too where she was strictly disney abc family abc and then like i mean you can look at ariana grande selena gomez and miley cyrus all All three of them them have very similar careers because they all started at disney it's like the first five years of your career generally yes and then you can always and you see the split pretty quickly and and you can see it with Lindsay too like the second that her contract is up which i believe was 2005 because then that's where things start to take a little bit of a swerve she she really does pave the way for that how does the disney channel start you know go off the wayside oh sure i mean they come back or do they keep we wouldn't going? get Lin- we wouldn't get miley cyrus bangers twerk episode oh if it weren't God. for Lindsay Lohan. yeah no absolutely 100%. absolutely um anyway so mean girls was her first non non-disney movie and it launched her household name status as well as her ubiquity with paparazzi and her partying became a more prominent feature of her career um it was still probably about 50 50 talking about her career talking about her being a party girl and you'll start to see the party girl side start to outweigh the the acting side, obviously. Right. Um, she hosted SNL and the MTV Movie Awards in 2004 for the first time. She goes on to host SNL two more times, most infamously, infamously and lastly, I believe it was in 2006, uh, when she was also confronted about her weight and hard partying by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. It was documented in that famous Vanity Fair article where she's on the cover and like some beachy, like Nantucket sort of situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she finally cops to having like a rough patch where... She's done cocaine. She's done a little bit of cocaine, which, like, I don't really even know what that means. As somebody who's done cocaine, I don't, there's no such thing as a little bit. Um, (laughs) That she's had bulimic episodes. Um, This was pre-DUI, but I think it's sort of, like, it's 100% of a great foreshadow to what's about to come. I feel like there's just a cloud. When you read that interview, there's, like, a cloud of darkness over it. Yeah. You can just tell something was, not great was going to go down. 
And so comes the very last Disney movie that she stars in, which is Herbie Fully Loaded, but it also comes with her first bout of being hospitalized for exhaustion. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. And this is what I I remember this so vividly because I think MTV covered it. Wilder Valderrama, like, letting MTV into her hospital room to check on her and her talking about Herbie Fully Loaded, like, from her hospital bed. And I also don't remember if it was the MTV Awards or if it was just, like, a news segment or something, but... I remember being like, this seems really performative. Yeah. Um, that was, Herbie Fully Loaded is her last big box office hit. After that, it'll just either be, I, I mean, she doesn't really have, like, another huge hit after that, honestly. Right. There's, like, um. So she, after that, she goes into Herbie Fully, or after Herbie Fully Loaded, she goes into Just My Luck. This is the thing that breaks her box office streak and her leading lady streak. I don't believe she's, hold. well, I guess she does have a couple starring roles. But they become far less a staple of her career, where she's right. going to be accepting a lot more roles in like ensemble pieces. Uh, she stars with this with Cal. She co-stars with Cal alum Chris. He's so fine, Pine. Mm. And this is when uh, I have a little bit of a personal tie to just my luck. I went to school with somebody. Um, slash grew up with somebody who uh, was on set with Lindsay during the Just My Luck uh, filming and confirmed everybody's worst suspicions uh, that she was just a complete coked out nightmare and she was showing up late to set, totally coked out, and her mom was doing blow right alongside her the whole time. This friend that I had in common with Lindsay, she was busted by her parents and quickly pulled out of the situation, quickly put into rehab. And when I saw her, it was like her first couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks out, out of rehab. And she was very forthcoming about this whole story, and it sort of confirmed everybody's worst suspicions. The last time I'd seen her before she went to rehab, she was telling me and a different friend at a Halloween party that me and this friend had no business being at because there were lots of hot people. And a lot of, like, early 2001 hit wonders. Uh, she was telling us that she had become friends with Lindsay and that she was going to help her with her acting career or her music career. and But that she was sort of like a possessive, controlling friend. Again, tracks with everything yeah. that we've known. Yeah. And then the Just My Luck thing happened. So I found that to be just sort of like an interesting shade to add. Um, and after that, she, Lindsay started to transition into serious drama roles. Yeah. Which makes sense because she has talked about her desire to win an Oscar. She continues to talk about her desire to win an Oscar since, I want to say, The Parent Trap, which she started to get praised for that role. Um, so she, I ranked her indie movies at this point from best to worst. So she is in uh, Robert Altman's last movie, Prairie Home Companion, with Meryl Streep and Lily Tomlin. She's then in Bobby, which earned her a SAG nom. Um, saw that in theaters. It was whatever. I remember thinking, I thought that she was going to have a bigger role. Mm, I mean, she was, doesn't. But, it, like, the cast on that was insane. I it mean, was a huge cast. Huge cast. She had, like, a yeah. minor scene with Sharon Stone. Yeah. And then I think a scene where she, like, gets married to, is it Elijah Wood's character? Yes. Because he's to help him dra- uh, dodge the draft. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yes. why she's getting her hair and nails done with, mm. with Sharon Stone. It's because they're about to do a court ceremony. So you're right, you're right. Yeah. I just wow. remember there was, like, a weird tracking shot in the kitchen. I'm like, why are we in the kitchen? Yeah. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see now. Uh, and then there was Georgia Rule, 
starring Jane Fonda and Felicity Huffman. This is when Lindsay was publicly reprimanded by the production company. Um, I wouldn't say it was public. He did send her the letter personally and in private. Or no, 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 no. no it, was... it was like James Beekman. Or oh, something right, like, like that. the producer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The head yeah. of a, the production company that was paying right, the right. half a million dollars a day for her to not show up. Right. He reprimanded her in a letter, smoking gun caught, I mean, RIP smoking gun, caught yeah. wind of it, put that up, and it was just sort of, I mean, it sounded like a stern father yelling at you to stop wasting his like money on college. The, you could feel the finger wagging. Yeah, and it just sort of, I think it really did do the movie a disservice after that, because then it was just sort of like mired in this fucking was, stupid ass controversy. That, it was that Lindsay Lohan movie. Kind of like yeah. when Christian Bale made the Terminator movie, and I just remember it, my friend and I saw it because it was the meltdown. It was the, the meltdown out. movie, yes. <laughs> oh, um, it was, yeah, it, it was tainted for the worse after that. I It was also delayed quite a bit, and I had a friend that was connected to the production, and I got to read the script ahead of time. And it's a dark script. Yeah, it, yeah. And I was not expecting any of it, and I just thought that there was just something that felt off about the whole thing. I don't know. She did not get great reviews, but I don't know if it's 100% her fault reading the script. No. To be completely honest. No. Um, also, this is definitely where she banged Garrett Hedlund. We're going to get into her fuck list eventually, but this oh. is definitely where she banged that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, after Georgia Rule on the best to worst list is I Know Who Killed Me. This is a fucking great bad movie. It is. If you want to laugh is. and be entertained, it's also not that long. No. It's hysterical. I, growing up in Burbank... It's fucking hot in the summers. You'll do anything to get into some, like, good air conditioning blocks of time. So me and my best friend went and saw this in theaters. I literally fell on my sleep seat laughing at a certain point. There's a point where she's riding the city bus, and all of her fingers are falling off. This is not a spoiler. Yeah. Um, and this dude <laughs> to her and says, sometimes you cut, and sometimes you get cut. And I was like, is that supposed to be profound? Immediately just like fell out of my seat laughing. That's there's an owl motif that happens. Um, there's a sex scene where her foot charges nearby. There's so much. She plays her own twin again, yeah. but worse somehow. Oh my God. This is also a really excellent episode of the podcast, How Did This Get Made? Somebody drops some pretty good tea in the episode as well. About They worked on the set and had some pretty good inside info. But mostly what stands out about this movie is that Lindsay Lohan shot this while she was in rehab. So there are lots of, like, strange, inexplicable cuts and, like, workarounds or, like, times where you know that that's a double and not Lindsay because they had to sort of cater to her outpatient schedule. She also... She also underwent appendix surgery, like, right... Like, they had just started shooting and then her appendix burst and then had to delay it again because of that. And then, fun fact, when I rewatched this movie... Uh, I noticed that a friend of mine, her headshot is in a lineup of headshots that a cop shows Lindsay Lohan's, one of her versions of herself. And it turns out that you sometimes can, like, sign a release form for people to, like, use your headshots as just, like, background work in movies and TV. So apparently this is not the first time that Rini has received uh, a text message saying, oh, shit, you're in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the last terrible indie movie that she tried to make a splash in was Chapter 27. It was the Mark David Chapman movie where Jared Leto, method actor, douchebag he is, gained a bunch of weight by microwaving ice cream and drinking it. Oh, it's where he plays the dude who murders John Lennon. I mean, the movie sounded like a bad idea in the first place, just like that movie with Charlotte Kirk where she plays Nicole Brown Simpson and it posits, what if OJ didn't do it? Uh, uh, all right. God. So uh, that's... You know, her 
early 2000s career, but I mean, quite frankly, there isn't really too many other in-theater releases. I mean, did the Canyon see a theatrical release? No, and so here's where it gets interesting. So basically, after um, she does I Know Who Killed Me, like, that was... Which, by the way, led the record for most Razzies won in one year until Adam Sandler's movie Jack and Jill in 2012. Good job, girl. Um, after that, her next movie is Labor Pains, where she pretends to be pregnant in order to get an employer to not fire her, which was going to have a theatrical release, but okay. sadly went to ABC Family. Exactly. Okay, I was like, I thought it was I thought yeah, it was yeah, only yeah. on ABC, it was another no, TV yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was originally supposed to be uh, a, a theatrical release, but it was that bad that um, it got an ABC Family release. And so then begins like a slew of guest star roles on various TV shows. Like. Oh, right. See, I think that, yeah, it's like she had a couple of big hit movies. Yeah. And then I felt like it was a lot of fits and starts after, which started in TV. Like she mounted a lot of comebacks and it started right. with the ugly Betty right. to rehabilitate her image, image, less than her career, well, her career and her image. I mean, yeah. And it just was like. And, of course, what would happen inevitably with a lot of these quote-unquote comebacks would be the rumors would start again of her being difficult on set, showing up late, requiring insurance in order to be on set. And so it just ends up... Expensive insurance. It's very expensive insurance. And um, but that was the reason why she didn't get cast in several movies. Yeah. I mean, we could go down the list, but she was dropped from so many movies or recast because she was a liability. Right, absolutely. Um, I mean, when you have two back-to-back DUIs within two weeks which we will get to. We're doing, we're going to, we should have maybe said this at the top, but we're going to talk about her movie TV career and then move into her music, personal tabloid, side business ventures, and then touch a little bit on her two reality shows. Right. Um, And so these are, you know, it's just a kind of, I think the next really big thing she does, apart from a few like reality, she does like in, it's something called Lindsay Lohan's Indian Journey where she goes and, to go fight, like, uh, sex trafficking in India. Wasn't it, like, a BBC thing? It was a BBC thing. Um, and a couple of other guest roles. The next really big thing she does, movie-wise, is Liz and Dick on, on Lifetime. Another excellent episode of How Did This Get Made. Also an excellent Lifetime movie. Oh I can't, I recorded it when it came on Lifetime and watched it multiple times after. Just the, the entire... I mean, first of all, her and Richard Burton, who I forget what the actor's name is, have whatever the opposite is of chemistry together. Oh my God. He visibly fucking hates her. Because she also had... It's... She had a car accident during this time. She had, like, a couple, like, minor... I would say, like, brushes against was... the law. But it wasn't looking great. It made the Fifty Shades of Grey casting. Speaking of fuckless, Jamie Dornan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they made those two actors look like their chemistry was like Dakota. Yeah, whatever. Johnson. Like, yeah. yeah, they made it seem like they were have they were like really having hot sex. And right. Yeah, Lindsay and whoever played Richard Burton, that dude fucking hated her. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie is unhinged. It starts with them. I think they're in heaven. Yes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Looking down on yes. themselves and then providing like MST, MST3K type commentary on yeah. their lives. But it also reminds me of, um, what is it, Mum and Chow's, like the type of. Um, modern progressive theater where it's like a whole it's a black box theater it was experimental theater uh, New York theater in the 70s where you wear all black in a black box theater so you're like a fucking floating head and that's what Lindsay Lohan that's what both of them look like and she just like walks in and sits down on this like director's chair with her fucking bag just float like flung over the side of it as if she could leave at any moment honestly sometimes it looks like she leaves for a smoke break and comes back the whole thing is hysterical she probably did Iconic. I mean, I'm bored. I'm just so bored. It's, oh, it's so good. I don't want to know what the budget was for glass in that, (laughs) (laughs) while filming, because the amount, like, it's like, oh, so much glass business. (laughs) I almost just fell out my seat, by the way. Oh, my goodness. The glass budget. Like, can you imagine? No. Every five minutes. I mean, if you had so a drinking much business. game. If you had a drinking game. You'd be wasted. Movie, you would be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I have to say that's probably one of my favorite contemporary Lindsay Lohan movies is Liz and Dick. It's. Oh, my God. Chef's kiss over here. I mean, I think my favorite Lifetime movies go Liz and Dick. Oh, yeah. 15 <laughs> Megan and Harry. Oh, yeah. I remember um, that. Mother May I Sleep with Danger. The OG with Tori Spelling. Um, that's it's a great movie. Oh uh, Fifteen and Pregnant, as we discussed, a yes. movie that has negatively affected my relationship oh, with pregnancy. Oh, Margot, oh Kirsten Dunst, <laughs> oh everyone in that movie. Serious. Those are the tops. There are a couple others that escape me right now, but pregnancy really, packed. Obviously. Oh yeah, you love that one. <laughs> oh, the Craigslist Killer one is also pretty good. Oh my god, and it's the dude from I talked about him in one of our other episodes, um, Murphy Brown's son. Oh. Yeah, right. I mean, he's also in Greek. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, sorry, we got, we got a little off topic. Sidetracked. Uh, so, Liz and Dick is where we left off. Liz and Dick is just absolutely, I remember, but I remember that the viewing, like, it was at the time, wasn't it one of, like, Lifetime's highest, most watched? Well, yeah, I think it was just because she hadn't been anything in a long time, and also she had made it not a secret that she was dying to play Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, yeah. She had a tattoo. Doesn't she have a... I think so. No, probably. She had a couple of questionable tattoos at that time, and I think one of them was something about Liz Taylor. Yeah, so she'd been wanting to play her for a long time. I think the funniest part of that movie is that the most convincing version of Liz Taylor that she plays is, like, the Diamonds, like, her Estee Lauder commercial oh God, era. Yeah. Which is to say the end of Liz Taylor's life Yeah, <laughs> is the one that she plays. White Diamonds. White Diamonds, thank you. It's like, <laughs> Diamonds are forever's bond. You know, it all blends together uh, when you hold such fucking pop culture in your goddamn brain. Oh, there's Colin Farrell, Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, my God. I feel like we keep alluding to the fuck list. And do you want to just even... get to the stupid fuck list? Oh I mean, I just want to quickly touch on Ugly oh, yeah, Betty. Please do, please do. Because that was supposed to to be part of image rehab and this was the first slip up 
in the image rehab that just, you know, it's the beginning of the end a little bit in some ways. Not to be super dramatic. Like, her career isn't over, over. But, you know, she wasn't going to get any more high-profile roles. So her arc was supposed to be six episodes, and they cut it down to four. And there were tons of rumors coming out of ABC saying that she was, like, a nightmare to work with, that she actually didn't get along with America Ferreira and someone else on the show who she had a bulk of the scenes with. And so, but everybody came out, we're like, no, no, we love Lindsay, we love Lindsay, we just have to cut two episodes because we love her so much. (laughs) Which I thought was a bonkers thing to say. I can't remember the guy who played Dick from Liz and Dick, but I remember when I was doing my research for this that he played a love interest of Vanessa, um... Oh, former Mr. Vanessa, well, yeah. yeah. Vanessa Williams' love interest on that show. Rick Fox's ex-wife? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Lakers fan. What What do I know? Oh. <laughs> I'm from L.A. Okay. Um, oh, man. All right, let's get to this fuck list, because it's pretty good. And it does come up quite a bit. All right, some of the greatest hits. Uh, Benice- get into it. Benicio Del Toro. Noted man slut. He oh, has yeah. a child with, uh, what's-his-face's daughter, Rod Stewart's daughter, Kimberly Holy Stewart. Stewart. Had oh, to, man. Had to reverse order that one, but oh. noted man slut, that's not surprising. Ashton Kutcher, Ryan Felipe or Philippi, however you choose to pronounce it, Stavros <laughs> Niarchos. Oh, my oh, God, right. shipping air. Well, that was, like, her whole feud with, yes, uh, Paris with Hilton. Paris Hilton. That led to, like, the fire crotch yeah. comments. Oh, my God, with Brandon. Oh, my God, we need to get into that. Brandon. Greasy, greasy air, Brandon, whatever Oh, the fuck. Williams? Misha, and he dated Misha Barton. Brandon Davis. That's his name. I mean, he was all over the place in 2007. Oh, my At God. the peak of all. Honestly, 2007 felt like it was 10 years long. For doing. So much shit went mean, down in that, that small amount like, of time. Um, but, yeah, he was everywhere. He was that greasy jerk-off. Oh, God. Uh, who have made those abhorrent comments Ugh. about our... But, yeah, that's the whole... I, I mean, a feud over Stavros and Yarkos, for real? Oh, my God. That dude? Shipping errors are a dime a dozen, ladies. <laughs> I remember... Didn't one of the Olsen twins date one, too, for a while? Isn't it that one? It is Stavros. It is. Well, anyway, there are a couple. Joaquin Phoenix, Lucas Haas, ah! M- Miko Tortorella. I'm sorry. Let's back up to Pussy Posse member Lucas Haas. Uh, the child from the movie Witness. I mean, did, I mean, none of the pussy posse looks good. No. Like I told you earlier, when no. your best looking friend in the pussy posse is fucking David Blaine, you did something wrong along the way. Yeah. But Lucas Haas never got over his awkward Amishy looking looks. No, no. And um, 42 with those looks is not good. No, it doesn't matter how many fucking hats you buy, dude. We're on to you. <clears throat> so her banging the like entry level pussy posse member, I don't know. I just wish, you know, Lindsay, you should just like aim higher. And if Lucas is as good as it gets, then move on. Who else? We've got Nico Tortorella, who is now on a show with Hillary Duff. And he's also in the Beach Club show. He was in one episode where, as yeah. I texted you, he does a moon ritual because of fucking course. He's yeah. just, he's a little bit insufferable, no, okay? No, I'm all no. for, like, you want to be who you are. Yeah. I don't care. Just tell me what pronouns you like. I will I will completely respect that. But you, like, using all of this, he's writing a memoir at 30. I'm like, dude, I, no one needs your Do memoir. You he kind of, I think he kind of wishes he was Jared Leto a little bit, you know? Like, I mean, he's in that mold. Stupid fucking Jared Leto goddamn watch so this asshole oh. could fucking run. And yes. I'm over it. <laughs> Please put that in like a history month, like horrible white men history month. It's like, it's well, a week. It's a week. I mean, I'll get more into the Nico and Lindsay thing in Beach House because his appearance is truly, it's the best episode because it's so bizarre. And he's just, he's a strange bird. He was also in the following, which was not a bad show in the first season with Kevin Bacon. Evan Peters. Um, oh, whoa. Yes. Uh, Famous of dating Emma Roberts. Yes. 
Peters. Um, and uh, Wilmer, Wilmer Valderrama, obviously, who be, was, you know, when she was underage. Who's all about dating Disney women that are under the age of 17. Mandy Moore, Lindsay Lohan, and um, Demi Lovato. It's a pattern. Jamie Burke, <clears throat> Jamie Dornan. Who? I know it's Jamie Burke. You know what? I thought for a second it was Jamie Bell, and I was like, uh, oh, that's why I brought it up, and then I realized I don't know who that is. Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades. <laughs> Zac Efron. Wouldn't that be wild, though, knowing that Evan Rachel Wood and, like... Oh, yeah, I forgot she banged the Cipriani kid. Yeah, the Cipriani kid. Both, Both. Cipriani. Yes. Oh, I don't think they're related, though. Oh. I think Danny... I forget which one. One of them is, like, a art person, and the other one is the Cipriani, like, New York Cipriani's. Um, Orlando Bloom, or who she writes is Orly Bloom. Uh, oh, girl. Zac Efron with two Fs. Also, Orlando Bloom, noted slut. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. Uh, 100% buy that. Yep, Carl and Farrell, buy that too. I mean, obviously. He, Doesn't he cop to it? Yeah. Um, Heath Ledger, I, which I we, we talked about before we started recording. I, I don't think so. Maybe. I think maybe they hooked up, but her liberations taken with their romantic entanglements before he died I don't appreciate I also just like I really try to stay away from people that are dead because they can't defend themselves or provide another side so I just don't like it when people like try to speak for dead people it's weird so include them on the fuck list sure fine I don't really know if that totally tracks for me but I believe it I mean you know who's not on this list who I have a relationship with now is Jax Taylor of Vanderpump Rules. He says it happened. Lindsay says it does it. Jax is a pathological liar, though. Neither, but I also could see it happening. Oh, totally, absolutely. And neither's the Hard Rock Cafe guy, Harry Morton, the the Hard oh, Rock Cafe right. heir. Oh my God, who she like? I, I think mean, she was dating him like, like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen time, right? I think so. I think so. And what's amazing is like when you can be referred to as noted Hard Rock Cafe heir. That's like what I aspire to. Like during this admission scandal, there's a woman who is noted as the Hot Pockets heiress, and that's the type of thing I aspire to as a human. To oh, be. is that like Jane Beekman or whatever? Something like that. The, who's the one that was just like my kid's a fucking moron? It's just like oh my God. I hope it was the Hot Pockets heiress who do. And way to link it between Felicity Huffman. Uh, starring in Georgia Rule yes. as Lindsay's mom, now back to the admissions scandal, Varsity Blues scandal. Amazing. Yeah, you um, know, always uh, comes full circle. James Franco, Adam Levine, Garrett. Adam Levine, who also noted slut. Oh yeah, um, Garrett Headland, uh, which was during I, Georgia Rule. Yeah. I like that. So we're we're looking right now at a complex article, by the way, uh, which has literally the date of when this alleged fucking happened, pre fuck who this person was, and then post fuck. So. The basis for Coldplay. She apparently had sex. That's so random. Oh, man. Truly. Well, you know what? Viva la vida. Nope. <laughs> Stop it. We're moving on now. <clears throat> Do you have something next on your list, or is it my turn? Um, I think... Should we get into mu- music? Yeah, we should get into music. So, as I said earlier... Lindsay is part of the Disney music machine of like needing to be Disney is sort of like threat. Disney is sort of like RuPaul. Like you need to have charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. But whatever the Disney version is, which is like act, sing, dance, don't do drugs publicly. (laughs) (laughs) Which yeah, no stay a virgin. Yeah, with or at least pretend to. Yeah. Anyway, so Lindsay's debut album, Speak, came out in two thousand and four and I thought it was fairly promising. I mean, now it's sort of like a cult hit within gay communities. Honestly, I've heard 
I've heard more music off of Speak at the Abbey than I have literally anywhere else out in the <laughs> wild. Um, but it was a little bit overproduced pop. It sounded like a lot of, like, leftover Hillary Duff songs. With, like, a little bit of, like, I want to be... Like, Britney Spears, like, <sighs> like, heavy breathing in there. Well, like, the beat for Rumors even sounds like Slave for You. Like, when you really think about the songs. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Rumors was a really, really great music video. I love that. I mean, patched with paparazzi, cage dancing, cleavage. Like, I remember oh her tits God. were, like, all over that fucking music video. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, then literally a year later, because, again, she probably, like, Demi Lovato, this happened to Demi Lovato more publicly, and same with Selena Gomez. They had to fulfill X amount of albums. Like within a, it, But also during a very specific amount of time. Oh, and It's right. like, as soon as they hit 18, it's like, get the fuck out of here. And so she had to record two back-to-back albums. So right after Speak came, uh, a little more personal, in parentheses, raw. Uh, I think the most famous single from that is Confessions of a Broken Heart, Father to Daughter, where she has a music video where she's, like, in a house and, like, breaking glass oh, and, like, course. speaking to her deadbeat dad, like, in a, I believe, in a picture frame. That sort of hit a little, as somebody with a deadbeat father, um, hit a little bit of a chord with me. But, you know, I never really needed to write a not great song about it. Um, and then her single, bo- I mean, it wasn't a bad song. Anyway, I think the music video is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then her single, Bossy, is now the theme of Beach House. I actually think it's probably one of her stronger little club bangers. Yeah. Like, I'm just a little bossy. And uh, I think it's perfect for, <laughs> I think it's perfect as the opener to Beach House. When she was on Watch It Happens uh, probably back in January when she was promoting Beach House, that makes sense. She said she doesn't really want to rec- she doesn't really want to record or pursue music anymore because that's what her younger sister Allie does and doesn't want to compete or overshadow her. Make of that what you will, because I definitely feel like now the question isn't like when's a Mean Girl sequel coming out, which I hope the answer is never. Fucking don't do it, please it did. God. Well, not like one that stars old cast. No, not well, like yeah, a, okay, not a direct okay. to DVD. Right, like right. What that they was did. on Navy. That was terrible. I mean, it's. I count the Mean Girls sequel as highly as I count Bring It On Too. Like, it doesn't, it didn't happen. And don't care if you put Hayden Bandieri in it and try to do, like, fucking Step Up. It didn't work. Mean Girls 2 didn't work. No one, like, Tina Fey didn't write it. It's not canon. That's that's all I'll say. But people say now, because Lindsay has repeatedly made comments in the press how she's written an outline for Mean Girls and... She has an idea for a script, and she's talked to so-and-so about it and whatever. It's, like, the only Mean Girls thing that they've done officially is a musical that Tina Fey wrote. And her husband did the music. Music And that's the only one we shall recognize. Yeah. Um, So now the most frequently asked question to her when she does interviews is not about Mean Girls 2, but when are you going to release new music? So... Make up that what you will. You have some interesting, weird tidbit about her contract, her recording contracts. Yeah, so she, okay, first off, like, she was signed by Gloria and Emilio Estefan. They are. They signed her to, I think it's Casablanca Records, which used to be a oh, disco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a disco label in the 70s, and I guess they bought it out or what, something like that. But yeah, they signed her to a five-album deal. Can you imagine not having, I think the extent of the singing we had heard of hers was like, Maybe in the movie uh, Freaky Friday, and that's what she got a five record deal. Did on. she not have a song in Teenage Drama Queen? Yeah, Teenage Gra- It's literally called that, right? <laughs> but yes, she and all of those movies she did, like Herbie Fully Loaded, which I was telling Margot earlier, I was working at Aeropostale at the time. <laughs> dark days um and they in the 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 seasonal mix that they played in the store at that time had that song on it so i i still remember that one really really heavily um i'm sure you've also seen if you're any way shape or form interested in Lindsay lohan i'm sure you've seen 
her some Instagram videos where she sings uh, rumors. Yes, <laughs> in parts, but like acapella, lightly. Yeah, it, it's just sort of like a whisper. Anyway, should we get into her personal life, her tabloid life? Yeah, I gotta do it at one point. <laughs> so post Mean Girls, um, I assume she moved out of the apartment she shared with Raven Simone, <laughs> and. They okay. met on a Vanity Fair cover shoot. Like, that was the... Remember the, that terrible... The teens cover? Oh, yeah. Iconic um, with Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff, Mandy, Mandy Moore, Moore. The Olsen twins. Raven. Because they f- flipped out. So then yeah. there's Amanda Bynes. Evan Rachel Wood, maybe? Yes. Um, Totally Raining Teens. That's what it was called. That was like... That Indy Leibovitz shoot. Oh, my God. This Alexis Bledel. Oh, this yeah, is that's like, who it was. This is a real, like... You got Olsen twins, so... Yeah, we basically got everybody oh, except my. for Alexis Bledel. We did very well without having seen this in years. And then this particular picture here... Of Evan Rachel Wood, Hilary Duff, and... Hilary Duff and Lindsay Lohan mid-feud forced to pillow fight. Because this is, like, what, 2003? Well, in this picture alone, the questionable dating decisions and people who de- dated inappropriately older men or the fact that these older men, like, would creep on these three... Because, like, you got Evan Rachel Wood, Marilyn Manson, Hilary Duff with the, the Madden from, uh, what's it, Good Charlotte, pre-Nicole Ritchie. Gross. And then Lindsay Lohan with Wilbur, Wilbur Balmarama. Yeah. Uh, I have a real quick Evan Rachel Wood, Marilyn Manson story. Do uh, share. A year or two after high school, got invited to a high school friend's birthday party. She had been friends with Evan Rachel Wood because they were both kid actors. Anyway... Hanging out. It was Alice in Wonderland themed. We're hanging out. Evan Rachel Wood rolls in like two hours late with Marilyn Manson. They barely make eye contact because they hide anybody. Immediately go to the co- immediately go to the bathroom to do cocaine. And me and my friend left quickly after that because we're like, this is, it got weird and like not uh, fun really quick. Just because he was so much, like we're all 19. He was like 38 or something. 40. Yeah. And also like there were, there were lots of rumors that she broke up his marriage with Dita Von Teese. I'm like, I don't really want to be a part of this. I'm no. going to go. No. Anyway, so she moves out of the apartment that she shares with Raven Simone, I assume, because that was like her most uh, famous roommate situation, and began to live like Tinsley Mortimer, uh, living in hotels off and on, and most famously in the Chateau Marmont in LA for two years, and was eventually kicked out when she couldn't pay the exuberant bill that she had racked up. That's also where she's had, where she completed, I believe, most of her fuck list, at least if Jax Taylor is to be believed. Um, Lohan's home was also burgled by the Bling Ring in 2007. Uh, with I don't think that this was Alexis Nears was only present for Paris Hilton's burglary, but yeah. her house also got burgled for I don't even know how much money. I don't know what exactly was burgled from Lindsay Lohan's home, but this was apparently their like big get, which I thought was a little bit strange. Yeah. Um. In between all of this and her waning TV movie roles being offered to her, she does she launches two separate ventures in the skincare and clothing space because she was sort of a bit of a clothes horse I would say like she I mean she had a relationship at some point with Louis Vuitton and with um, Miu Miu and YSL later on in life she likes to dress well I think it still carries on to this day that to be true so she started a legging line called 6126 after Marilyn Monroe's birthday what I remember most about 6126 is that she had leggings that had knee pads on them, and me and my friends were making jokes about how they were perfect blowjob leggings. <laughs> and then Lindsay Lohan also had an infamous tan, so she, of course, launched 7-9 tanning. It's yeah. like sort of like tied to like her birthday lucky number. Her birthday's first week of July or so, um, but she apparently developed some sort of like uh, she was 
I don't think it's any more legendary or groundbreaking than any other fucking regular over-the-counter spray that you, or self-tanning spray that you can just get yourself, but she, like, had developed it with, like, some sort of expert, and they had, like, goji berries in it. I was like, that's your whole selling point? Speaking of the Marilyn Monroe line, like, I forgot, so she was obsessed, of course. I forgot that her Playboy shoot she did was inspired by the nude, like, shoot that Marilyn Monroe did in the first ever She did. yeah, she, oh, she did, did two, two Marilyn Man- yeah. two Marilyn Monroe. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> she did two Marilyn Monroe inspired nude shoots. So yeah. she did the Playboy one, right? And then she did the one for the New Yorker in 2008. Yes, where I think it was supposed to be what's it called, like the last seating, the last yeah. sitting. When right, it was like right. Before Marilyn Monroe's- Monroe dies, yeah. yeah. And that's when she they ask her about Heath Ledger, and she's sort of cagey about the whole thing, and then. There's also, like, a comment about her joining, like, the 27 Club, and she's like, that would never happen to me. Mm. And people were like, all right, well, (laughs) just made a face. And I guess this is as good a time as any to segue into her arrests and rehab. None of this is meant to be passing any sort of judgment. I do tend to side with Anne Hathaway's famous quote on Lindsay Lohan when she was asked, I believe, either, like, on Kimmel or Fallon, she was like, I don't really know anybody who didn't behave like that for a little bit of time. It's just most people didn't have it happen out in the public. Yeah. So, you know, did she need rehab? I don't know. Did it stick? What? Certainly not. No. Um, I know that she has a family history of addiction. Like, her father has a dark past with addiction. And as I mentioned, her mother also <laughs> loves the booger sugar. That bring, and that brings up an, a, a big point here is that what we talked about earlier before we started recording this was like, you know, Hillary Duff could have had this very same path, probably, given that they were under the same kind of circumstances. They had almost all the same stuff happen during that time, but parents made the huge difference here. Where, like, Lindsay Lohan's parents, like, she has had an estranged relationship with her dad, and with her mom, who's an enabler and just parties with her all the time. Like, that's I mean, her never... mom was more concerned with being her best friend, and probably right. to a certain extent, keeping the money coming in and everyone we know i don't know about you but everyone i've known like that in my life always ends up having like serious problems the ones who like have parents like that who just 100 yeah yeah it's always the people like that who have like big problems well i think a lot of it especially if you are a child actor and having gone to school with a couple of them that's not a brag but just if you don't have involved parents period but it goes doubly so if you are a child actor that are involved with your life and actually care about what you do and where you go it can spiral out of control really quickly right and and I think that Lindsay is a huge just like her entire body of work represents that so well you just look at her parents you're like well in a lot of ways you don't really have a chance no and then if you did have a chance you'd definitely be like at least a little fucked up Right? Even best case scenario. Yeah, I know. Anyway, 2007 was her first arrest, DUI, followed very quickly by another one. But on top of the DUI, she also had cocaine possession. She checked herself into the Wonderland Rehab Facility in mid... Or, I'm sorry. She checked into the Wonderland Rehab Facility in January, checked out mid-February. And then she was soon spotted partying around LA and in New York. And then in May, she crashed her car and was escorted to Promises in Malibu two days later. Um, this is Then the second DUI occurs in late July where she ch- oh, was chased the mother of a former personal assistant and attacked her in a parking lot a block away from the police department. God. That August, she entered rehab a third and hopefully, but not really, last time, uh, the Cirque Lodge in Utah. Uh, in November, Lohan served 80, famously served 84 minutes in jail. This was like when jails were really overcrowded and her in Paris like served really short sentences for more. Yeah. 
severe uh, crimes. Um, yeah, we double-checked at some of these rehab centers if they were still open only because they were so... I mean, they're all for-profit, like, scam. Like, this is... This is pre-recession. That's a whole other thing, too. It's like, sure. I, I also feel like it, some of the rehab kind of reminded me of, like, the rehab that, like, Kurt Cobain managed to escape from. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they just didn't keep a close it was, eye. It was enabling. And, like, I remember there was... Her- there was, like, a Band-Aid on a fucking dam breaking. Well, and so someone... I remember at the time there was someone who said, like, that they, they had actually done, like, state-issued rehab versus, like, a state-sponsored rehab versus... The celebrity, if you, whatever, for lack of a better word, the wealthy for-profit mm-hmm. celebrity rehab centers, um, and they they said like that was what set them on the straight and narrow path. I forget who it was, but it was some actor who had said like that's how you get sober. Like it's not going to be going to like one of these places. Which again, this is I I have never been an addict, and so like I I don't judge in there. I'm sure for some people it's worked, but for a lot of these celebrities, these were kind of like five star. You oh, know. I mean, Wonderland and Promises are pretty sheeshy. I mean, Wonder like, Promises is like on a cliff by a beach in Malibu. It's like gorgeous. Yeah, you could easily turn that into like a five star hotel if you right. really wanted to. Right. It didn't really ever feel it again. It felt like not really addressing the root of the actual issue. I mean, before she checked into any rehab, she was going to AA, but that was being papped so heavily that I think it was difficult for her to even go with any sort of regularity. But not like a fucking 19, 20-year-old gives a shit about actually getting sober anyway. No. Are you kidding me? That doesn't make any sense. Like, they had to suffer some real consequences, but she started to have mounting legal issues that she had to, I mean, and it's not cheap to go to fucking jail. It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity. Like, imagine if you are not a celebrity and your person trapped literally in the system. Yeah. There are, docu- there are whole documentaries about it that I'm not going to try and summarize and even just sort of like dumb down and make and try and make it seem like it's not as severe as it is where it really is a problem. But you can, like, she went bankrupt essentially trying to fight all of her various DUIs. If you've ever had a DUI, you know how fucking expensive it is between yeah. the lawyer yeah. and then you have to pay for community service. Like, I got a traffic ticket on my bike once. And I was ordered to do community service because they didn't want to pay the fine. But I still had to end up paying some shit in between, like, filing. They'll charge you for fucking everything. And everything, yeah. And they go after people that don't have the means to. It's so, imagine if you do and you have, you rack up two, three, four DUIs and really pricey celebrity well, And you don't rehab have any stays. income because everyone's dropped you at this point. Or you can't even make income right. because you're a liability. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I cannot imagine. Like, it's just a constant cycle of, like... Not having the money to pay for something, and then you do something again that costs a whole bunch of money, and yeah. And in between all of this, she has a relationship with Samantha Ronson. They have a pretty big breakup. Yeah. Then she does the Funny New York Die video where she talks about herself and her troubled past. And honestly, it's some of her best comedy work, isn't that Funny or Die? Especially, yeah. especially after everything, everybody was sort of questioning whether or not she was still able to act, and I think that that... Sort of bought her a little bit of leverage, but it didn't last. Like, it's not something that you can extend for that long, especially when you don't follow it up with other stuff. No. And and some of it is not her fault, and, and some of it is. Yeah. I mean, that's a, really the interesting thing about Lindsay Lohan. It's like, ultimately, when I was, like, doing all the research here, it's, I think, I don't feel the same level of sympathy I felt, like, when we did the Britney episode, where I was just like, you know, this is someone who, like, really had issues, has, like, terrible parents who certainly didn't help and all that kind of stuff with Lindsay I think there's a bit of both of like she obviously was not set up to 
be able to have like a normal life because given the parents she had the career trajectory and all that but on the other hand in the face of several second chances like (coughs) just kind of kept failing yeah um we want to get into more like is there anything else that we're missing that's in, the, in between? I mean, at a certain point, I think we started capping it around 2007, 2008 right. as being early 2000s, and that's being generous. The biggest thing out of this that I recognized was that, like, she only has done, she's done, like, less than 20 movies, which right. we think of Lindsay Lohan, like, you immediately know who she is, and you think, oh, yeah, she was in Mean Girls or in these, a couple of other movies. But, yeah, ultimately her acting career uh, is much shorter and, and much smaller than her I mean, she's given some pretty good interviews in the years ensuing in the sense of, like, getting a, a pretty good peek into just taking a walk around her brain, really, and then also just sort of seeing how she ended up here. I think most notably when she was in the canyons and they had that big piece in, in the L.A. Times. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, sort yeah. of chronicling what happened with this movie and with Paul Schrader. And the whole thing is, it started out being about Paul Schrader shooting a movie on, like, a micro budget and sort of turned it in this other thing. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter movie. And sort of turned into this whole other thing, which I think is a wonderful metaphor for Lindsay Lohan, because as soon as you put her into the mix, something that you thought was one thing now turns into another big circus. Yeah. And some of it, she really can't control paparazzis being interested in her life, which explains why she lives in Dubai. But also, other sort of things, I'm not going to really address rumors of why she lives in Dubai, but she definitely has a really privileged outlook on why Dubai is so great. Um, So, her last two reality shows, Oprah's own Lindsay. It was tragic. It was fucking dark. It was about her moving back to New York and trying to reclaim her acting prowess. And really all that it was was her house being a complete fucking mess, her chain smoking, her having weird bruises all over her legs, her bizarre sleeping schedule. The whole thing just made you feel like I didn't need to see any of this. Yeah. And I actually wish I fucking didn't. No. It's so, it's literally and figuratively very, very dark, but also I guess kind of worth a watch. Um, she fires multiple assistants, has so many problems, can't get along with fucking anybody. She hires a life coach. The life coach basically quits because she makes her life so difficult. Like she, she gives her all of these tools. Like, okay, we're going to help you. We're going to set up a schedule. Yeah. Lindsay can't do any of it. She can't wake up at, at a normal time. No, she can't organize her stuff as she was having money issues. The whole thing was just fucking dark and tragic. And then cut to present day where she has Lohan's beach club. Lohan Beach House. Sorry. I want to call it Beach Clubs because it's like a day club. Well, the show, I think, is called Lo. Is it called Lohan Beach? It's called Lohan's Beach Club. Beach Club, yeah. House. House. House Club. It doesn't really matter. The show was unfocused at best Mm. and really kind of shows. So she gets accused by a VIP host. The whole premise is muddled, right? She wants to position herself as like a Lisa Vanderpump on Vanderpump Rules, like a big boss in charge of all these people. And Panos is... I don't know, her Peter. Yeah, yeah. Peter Madrigal from Vanderpump Rules, except he's, Peter is less involved in all this shit. Panos, I felt like, was a little bit... He runs the show. He has to run it. Of course. It was a little bit unfocused. They have these VIP ambassadors who are in charge of doing stuff for guests. It was really... And then they all live in a house, and then Lindsay can pop into this house whenever she feels like it, and then yell at them or fire them at random. It's kind of like having a real world, but with that. You know, it it, it ends up playing out as, like, some of the trash. I guess that's true, because in real world, they did make them have jobs, but the bosses would never just show up. No, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, it's like that, but with the, the, the added feature of, like, a boss just showing up at any point. I mean, there are a ton of think pieces on the internet about... 
uh, her MTV stint. I mean, the, oh my God, the after show, after the premiere episode with Jonathan Bennett was one of the most upsetting things I've ever had to watch. It's the two of them reminiscing about being on Mean Girls. I was just like, you guys, this is really sad. At least when me and my friends get together and reminisce about high school, no one else can hear us. No, it's, wow. It was just a lot. They were really just talking about that. And then, and then she... Jonathan Bennett breaks the news in real time to her that, like, she's not, like, she wasn't invited to the Thank You Next music video. And she sort of is like, I was available. I could have been there. It was just like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. I feel gross. But the entire show, I watched the whole thing. I really could, it was part, it was kind of, like, too boring to stay focused on, but also, like, kind of fascinating enough. So she fires, she fires a lot of people because she's really all about, like, loyalty and Putin and champagne guns and just, like, speaking in, like, an accent, like, in and out. And then, oh, my God. So the other iconic moment, though, is when she tries to, quote, unquote, save a lobster. Oh, my God. That is on ice. She throws the thing with his claws still bandaged up, throws them back in the ocean. She's like, I saved him. He was nice, Sebastian. She also really wants to play Ariel. She shaded fucking Leah Michelle, who's going to be playing her at the Hollywood Bowl coming up. She shaded her being like, oh, really? She's going to play her? You, no. need, you need to be slightly more plugged into reality. No. Anyway, she's like, she's, I saved him. And fucking MTV editors so shady added like a gurgling like drowning bubble sound to the lobster because she fucking killed that lobster it was already dead it was already dead it was you know when the scene in the princess bride or it's like he's only half dead or like you know like that like billy Mm -hmm. crystal but it was like that it was totally that (laughs) anyway so one of the vip ambassadors that she fires because she's big on loyalty essentially says that Lindsay's like drunk and pilled out and Lindsay's like how dare you but Lindsay has a lot of erratic mood swings in this show that are very hard to track. And it feels like she hasn't had to have a conversation with a regular person in a very, very long time. No, yeah, I would I would agree with that. And just, like, very, at one point, you know, she, she wants to take the Vanderpump stance where she's going to be like, well, I'm ready to be, like, the one who calls the shots and makes the rules. And then... Except the, throughout the whole show, she's incredibly indecisive. Right, very indecisive. Like, just, it's, it's a mess. So, Nico Tortorelli comes to beach club to hang out with Lindsay and she talks about how they were engaged at one point but then it comes to light that it was a joke I don't know man I, I again like I most things joke hit Nico Totorelli totally I could see it as a like joke, joke but she doesn't think it's a joke no 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 that's my whole thing it's just like I don't I don't want to unpack any of that anyway no. he shows up to do a new moon ritual oh my god and he ends up talking to one of the VIP ambassadors named Mike and Mike talks in like Mike is bi, and he feels like no one in the house understands him. And so Nico, who's so open and sexually fluid, that he's like, I'm going to open up to him. And so he talks about, this is the most perplexing part of the whole show, and I wish we got more info. He says that he was, like, basically sex trafficked after being kind of catfished in a AOL chat room. So from the ages of, like, 14 to 16, he was, like, sex trafficked in New York, and, like, no one knows about it? I don't know. What? And he confesses all of that to Nico Torrelli, who's just like, mm-hmm. Tell me more. Like, doing his best Oprah impression. No. Oh, no. Like, that's who you're going to lay that on? The one time you talk about that on the show, you're going to give it to this guy who is, like, just a horrible... He's just annoying. He's annoying. And, <laughs> and just, he's like, not going to be able to help you in the way not that you need. Ha- not only will he not help you, he would actually ask you to hang out with him because of that happening to and you. And he would trot it out like a oh, of course. party story. Of and then course. Uh, watch out. He'll probably include it in his own memoir. Oh, my God. Because what else is Nico Torrelli going to talk about? <laughs> Okay, I think we've rung all of the Lohan 
juice that there is. Yeah. Honestly. I don't really know what else to even talk about. I feel like there's a lot that maybe we didn't quite unpack, but I feel like this poor woman has lived multiple lifetimes mm-hmm. in just 2007 to 2009 alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think for me, it's just, uh, it was a reminder of just like how prevalent gossip blogs and everything for that one period Ooh, of time. Perez Hilton was not kind to no, her. No, not at all. And, or Samantha Ronson or like just, just awful, awful stuff. It was kind of hard to watch her be bullied on like such a, high level honestly right and oh gosh i I will just close it with this most recently someone asked paris hilton about that infamous night where it was a picture of britney paris hilton and Lindsay lohan in a maserati terrorizing the streets of hollywood and paris said that she was just trying to hang out with britney and Lindsay jumped in the car against her will (laughs) and then they went back to paris's house where Brittany and Lindsay, like, hung out, and Paris just sort of, like, waited for Lindsay to pass out, and then her and Brittany went back out again. God. And that, I feel, covers everything that we needed to cover. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening Thank to you. Old Millennials. Well, you can follow us on Instagram. Yes, you can, at Old Millennials Pod. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I, like, lobbed that pretty seamlessly over to you, but I guess not. No, I'm, I'm just out of it. We've just been talking about Lindsay Lohan quite literally all day. Quite, quite literally all day. Oh, my God. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Margs, she wrote. And I am at Emily A. Beijing. Um, If you have a topic that you would like to see covered on Old Millennials, let us know. Yeah, please. Just curious what the people are thinking Yeah, of what we've got so far. There's more to come, more but to come. we're always open to other topics of conversation that we might not have thought of. Yeah. Absolutely. And until the next deep dive into pop culture history from the early 2000s, we bid you goodbye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.